Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey friends, welcome to The More You Know, The Better It Tastes, the podcast of San Antonio restaurants. I'm Alan Williams. Today, my business partner, Susie Lafredo, and I are proud to release part two of our interview with Chef Jason Dady. So please sit back and enjoy our podcast. What I do know about is during COVID, uh, you started cooking from home and broadcasting it live on Facebook. And that's... Uh, my wife Beverly was the first one that pointed it out to me that you were doing that. That was fun to watch. You should do that again. We, we were having a good time. We, there's not a month that goes by that we're not like we should do that again. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen. At, at the beginning of COVID, nobody knew anything. I mean, mm-hmm. the the, fe- the the fear was real with restaurant folks, and you know, for us, we wanted to stay. We needed something to do. Yeah. I mean, it was you know three kids at home and me and my wife, and we were like, what the hell are we going to do, and how are we going to do this? And I um, made some sort of comment. I was like, oh, I'm going to do 19 meals in 19, 19 meals in 19 nights and 19 minutes. So every single night it was, we had a timer. It was 19 minutes. Um, and I would just kind of, and it did be, listen, it was such a rewarding experience just from my family's perspective of every night us with the kids. And, yeah. yeah. And well, it, it was fun watching you and your daughter. I forget which daughter it was, but your, your daughter, because your chef, Jason Dady, and to her, you're just like, oh, your yeah. dad. Yeah, give me a break. Yeah, dad. you could tell she wasn't impressed. Yeah, never. That was that was definitely Tessa. <laughs> uh, no, well, we, well, it's it, a smart thing. I it, would love to do it again. It's just it's difficult, you know. Yeah. I mean, you guys know. I mean, like even mm-hmm. doing a podcast, it doesn't. It, a lot of work goes into it. A lot of planning mm-hmm. goes into it. A lot of post work goes into an editing and and for me, the organic thing during COVID was great because it was raw and it was real and it was my family. But if I do it again, I'd have to like take it up at least one notch in order to be able to capitalize off of it appropriately as well. Like mm-hmm. to be like, well, it know. was perfect. I mean, even though it's you know it was a it was great for you and for your family, it was perfect because it kept you relevant and yep. kept you in the eye, in the public's eye. Absolutely, and was, yeah. And, pe- and listen, we would love to be interactive with the people. So we had mm-hmm. you know three different cameras. You know, one daughter was on her phone on Instagram. One one was on Facebook on the other. You know, like we're trying to like. And they're reading questions of the people that are that are texting, be like, "Hey, right. you know, hey, so and so." And it's like, you know, most of the time, you know. And then there's people, you know, that I know that are, you know, yeah, giving me crap. You right. know, being like, "Oh, you put too much salt in that." Right. You know? okay. and, I'm like, and I'd be like, "Who said that?" And, I'd know, and then I know the name. I'm like, "Oh, come on, give me a break." You know. So, um, no, it was really an awesome experience, and I enjoy teaching. I enjoy saying, "Of look." This is how I do it at home. You can do it. I did it in 19 minutes. There's no fluff. There's no editing. It was raw. You know, I'd have a, a bottle of wine and and just have fun. And that's Would what we did. Would you ever consider just... doing a chef's uh, a, a class? You know, um, yay and nay. I mean, again, I th- I think about it a lot of the times. Is is the juice worth the squeeze with what I have going on? And is the juice worth worth the squeeze? I like that. I'm I know. Give, I'm we're gonna, gonna we're gonna. I, I love <laughs> yeah. it. It's a good saying. You know, it's like I, I'm. You know, my time is limited. Yeah. And what was important to me is that my kids had a dad through their their most important formative years. Mm-hmm. And so, 
Um, I've tried to really take a lot of pride in that growing up, and it's very hard in the chef world to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, yeah, sure, I could tomorrow probably do it, but again, it's and then am I ta- am I taking away from the restaurants I have now? Is it taking away from my time with my kids? Is, right. Yeah. And again, it's it. So it's always a we talk about it all the time. We just haven't pulled the trigger. And I think by not pulling the trigger, I'm telling myself um, maybe it's not as important. Even though I know yeah. how fun and rewarding it can be, it's it's just not as important yeah. to me as some of the other well, things. Well, and I there's have a time on. for everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you uh, think that any of your kids will follow in your footsteps? Um, no, I hope not. No. You really hope you hope not? No. I, I never took my kids to the restaurants ever. Mm-hmm. Like very rarely. Um, once they got to a, a certain age. Sure, when they were I mean, you know, Joe Doria from Bergheim Meat Market, every time he sees me, you know, talks about how when he used to come to the lodge and my daughter was in a crib wow. behind my desk, you know. But once they got to a certain age, I didn't I never wanted my children to think that what I did again was glamorous. I didn't want them to see everybody talking to me or responding to me as their boss, if that makes sense. Like, hey, chef, 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 chef. I didn't want that. I wanted my kids just to see me as their dad and mm-hmm. and, and my relationship with them as their, their dad, not as Chef yeah. Jason. In other yeah. words, quote, unquote, is not as Chef Jason Dady. Yeah. Right. Um, and I didn't want them to, th- and, and because I didn't want them to see a sense of power that didn't, that maybe exists within the restaurant, but doesn't exist in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always just challenged my kids, like, find your own passion. My oldest daughter is a sophomore at Texas Tech. She's studying petroleum engineering. Wow. And she's going to be far, far better off in her life doing petroleum engineering than she ever would be following in, in the restaurant footsteps. My middle daughter, Tessa, is an, really a, a very good cook. She loves to cook. She's always doing something. I got home last night, and she was making some sort of strawberry peanut butter chocolate bark. Yum. Um, but but I don't know that she'll follow that as her career. If she does, awesome. I'm all I'm all there for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to guide him in that way. I don't think my son is interested whatsoever and you know, he's in eighth grade, so he doesn't know what he he doesn't yeah. his brain doesn't work at all, periods. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Not yet. That happens. That's, that's a boy for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So Let's talk a little bit about, I know you have the competitive spirit, you know, we've talked about all of that. And one of the things that I really wanted to get into is you have been on a lot of competition shows. I mean, you're, you are the celebrity chef of San Antonio. I mean, you know, you are. And I remember watching the Iron Chef Gauntlet right. and I was so invested in that show. I was just so invested in it. But I didn't realize that you'd been on, you said Bobby Flay and several Be- others. Yeah, Bobby Flay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I How think- did that all come about? Um, a, a lot of different ways. I think, you know, for us, we always, you know, a worked with, you know, public relations and, and marketing over the years. Um, um, I had tried out for top chef, um, season nine, which was the season that was filmed here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And I got cut the night before filming started, um, which was also incredibly disappointing because it was important for me to promote our city. And we're still 21 seasons into Top Chef, and they've yeah. never had a chef from San Antonio. Wow. Uh, which I can't figure out why and understand and have had multiple conversations with hmm. multiple people within the industry and um, within the TV industry and w- within the producers and even producers from the show or mm-hmm. former producers. But one of the former producers of Top Chef was one of the producers on um, Iron Chef Gauntlet. And so she called me and was like, listen, we're doing this new show. Um, trust me, it's a good one. 
Um, there's, you know, seven, seven or eight, I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, chefs that are going to compete to be the next Iron Chef. You know, right. I mean, what what bigger platform there, is not. there in the world of cooking than to be an Iron Chef? Yeah. So um, it was, an, you know, it was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And um, it was with chefs I knew yes. for the most part. I knew um, Jonathan Sawyer um, uh, from events in the past and... Uh, I knew of, my, I pretty much knew of everybody. There was no strength. Actually, Shoda was really the only one I I didn't know, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I had known Sarah. Uh, I knew um, um, Stephanie Izard very, very well. Had done and partied with her several times and done stuff with, with her and in, in, in Aspen for Aspen Food and Wine. So uh, it was a absolutely spectacular experience. Um, the cooking part of it is incredibly real. Um, but TV is TV. You know, I mean, there's a lot that goes on and uh, a lot of things, um, television is television. That's the best yeah. thing I can yeah. say. Well, would you I, like to do more? Uh, I would certainly do more if it's the right show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never done Chopped uh, just because I didn't feel that that was the right. You know, once, fun, though. Once you do Iron Chef Gauntlet, it's hard to like. Yeah. Th- I, there's just different tiers, if that makes sense, it right? Does. And I, so uh, yeah. I always I always protected our brand fr- from that because we... Um, and that's probably why I made it to Iron Chef Gauntlet is because I hadn't done the low-hanging fruit in a sense. And I listen, I think those shows are great and they're awesome. And, you know, but for me, if I were to do it again, it would be um, Tournament of Champions or something mm-hmm. like that with, with yeah. Guy and his team. And um, because I think that that's the level of um, that that is necessary to put the full. Most of them sure. are one-day shoots, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like Beat Bobby Flay's a one-day shoot. You know, Eat Street's one-day shoot. You know, like you're doing one-day shoots. You know, Iron Chef Gauntlet was a two-week, you know, experience. And Tournament Champions is is, is probably a 10-day a or 14-day shoot, even though it airs out over a period of 12 weeks. It's really con- – you're, you're filming every day, yeah. all day. Wow. You know. Yeah, I think that's what it – I think, you know – why I was so invested in that particular show because I love Iron Chef first of all and the Iron Chef competitions to you know become an Iron Chef just all of those were so fascinating to me but that was where and and I know you know it's but that's where you as as Chef Jason Dady really came into my radar when I started watching that and saw I was like whoa I I was sho- I was very shocked and surprised to see some of the um, dishes that you yeah. were putting together, some of these ingredients that you were working with and what you were putting together from that. And it blew my mind. I, I remember telling my husband, you need, this this guy's from San Antonio. You mm. need to watch this. Anyway, it was, it was really cool. And that was a, what was incredibly important to me is I showed, it, that show allowed me to show my range. Yeah. But it also sh- was able to show San Antonio is not a sleepy little town. There's, there's real talent here and um, we have all different types of food and culture. Um, which has always been my mission is to scream that out there. And I, I've been very passionate about that because early in my career, when even when, it, it, when I thought I was at my, my best, we got overlooked a lot um, because we were San Antonio. Mm. And, you know, I still kind of um, bang that drum probably a little quieter than I, than I used to um, when it comes to national marketing, national ads, national – because – you know, San Antonio for so long, and and this is not just for San Antonio. This is a this was a Texas issue for a long time, you know, through 2000, 2000 teens, which was oh they're Texas, they're cowboys. Oh they're Texas, they're tacos. Mm-hmm. Oh Texas, it's barbecue. It's like like there's so much more. We've got to shed this national 
I mean, when I did um, Movable Feast, I, you know, they asked me to ride a horse. Mm-hmm. And they're like, can you ride a horse? I'm like, I'm, uh, oh, wow. which I am. I'm completely comfortable riding a horse. Right. But I thought it was hilarious. That that's what they that think. That that's of. what they wanted yeah. to do in the show because they were filming in Texas. Right. They had to have a horse a, a part of it. So yeah. um, I feel like being on Iron Chef Gauntlet allowed me to. Um, it put San Antonio on the map. It, it helped me. Hopefully, shine the light on San Antonio, which mm-hmm. was yeah. important to as, as a different kind of city, not sure. just a, yeah. little, a, a different type of yeah. cuisine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, you, you you've had so many different types of food too, and I'm going to talk about why you would do that. You know, it's easier if you just have one restaurant, a bunch of restaurants with the same things. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm not that smart. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to. You've had a couple of barbecue restaurants, so barbecue is in your blood, evidently. Mm-hmm. You you really good. I, I wanted to ask you. Chuck Blount was one of the Masters of San Antonio barbecue. Yep. I mean, he he really he he passed away uh, in 2023, and he was with the Express News. But writing about barbecue, do you have any stories about Chuck with, with your barbecue? I always like listen. Chuck and I always had a very great relationship because he's from Iowa, and I'm from Nebraska. So we would always uh, um, kind of give each other um, uh, a hard time about how just how bad our football teams were over the last. <laughs> Over the last decade. But, you know, what I loved about Chuck is that he was the the every man's journalist. And that's where he was able to connect in particular with the barbecue community, but San Antonio as a whole, because he was one of he was just one of the guys. Yeah. And um, that's where his real where his sweetness and his success came from, is that he was one of the he's one of the guys. And so you see that he became so close with so many people within the barbecue industry because they knew that he was in it for the right reason and he was in it for his love for yeah the craft right mm-hmm. you know right yeah so speaking of barbecue i mean so okay so recently on the San Antonio restaurant group we had this huge controversy over and people were it was nuts i mean they were yeah. going at it and it was about you know who had the best sauce who had the best yeah. barbecue is it you know is texas is it kansas city right. is it so what are your thoughts on that i think arguing over Barbecue is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Um, it's the, definitely the most polarizing. I, I've told people from day one that barbecue is the hardest restaurant that we have. It's the hardest to operate. Um, it's the hardest for consistency and for obvious reasons. Every muscle's different. Mm-hmm. You're taking a 18-pound piece of tough, tough meat, and you're overcooking it to keep it juicy. It's an absolute oxymoron of the of, wow. of the cooking world. Yeah, and and if you don't do it right, it's trash, right? Or um, everybody has their favorite, and that's okay. But at some point, we have to get over um, the idea that because you like one better than the other, doesn't make the other one trash, <laughs> right? Right, and that's what I'd like to say to everybody out there in the San Antonio <laughs> restaurants page. It's like I get it that because. It's always a, you know, the, the funny thing about, you know, the, your site and, and any site in this in this particular kind of genre, mm-hmm. it's like a race to the best comments, right? It's like it, the somebody posts something. The first five people dictate kind of the re- the rest of the way it's going to go. Very the true. first five people Very are like, true. oh, I love to him. 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 I love to him too. I love it. But that doesn't therefore make every other barbecue trash. Right. To, to him is an amazing, you know, Saul Ramos and his team, they do an amazing job. But that doesn't make everybody else, you know, 
the bottom of the bucket. And right. so uh, it's it's just interesting, you know. Yeah. As far as sauce, you know, again, it's personal preference. It's not right, wrong, or indifferent. I personally really, really like barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. I think it's imperative to great barbecue because it help, helps cut the richness. Um, you know, to me, it's like there's just an old school mentality of like, well, if you need sauce, it's it's not good barbecue. That's not true. I actually don't like barbecue by itself. I want sauce. Yeah. So does that mean I have I have no idea about barbecue? To a lot of people, that means I know nothing about barbecue. So it's just kind of a funny it's dynamic, a, you know. So do you curate all your menus? Yes. So I mean, our rule of thumb is, um, I basically write every every menu A to Z, um, and then once. Um, a chef has been in position at a certain period of time. We might turn over control of the of the menu to a chef. We may we may not, depending on what it is. I would say, at this point in my career, I change the menu a lot less than I than I used to, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't have the same ego that I used to. It used to be kind of an ego thing where you're like, I mean, at the lodge, I changed the menu every day for twelve years. Wow. There was, I mean, there was always one dish that changed at, at a minimum one dish, if not five, six, eight dishes every day. That that's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of uh, we didn't make a lot of money. You know, we weren't very smart about that. So, yeah. you know, that's it's a whole different thing. Yeah. You you have been one. You're, you're, I'm sure, I guarantee you it wasn't an easy decision. But people on the outside of this said, hey, he just seems like he gets tired of a restaurant and he closes yeah. it and he'll open something else and close it and open something else. Yeah. You, you've had a lot of different restaurants. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of comments on, on your page about that. That, yeah. that. Well, basically the comment would be like, he doesn't know sh- he can't even survive. <laughs> that's why all of his oh. restaurants close. And that's so this what, is episode well, sixty. Now we got to put a beep. That's the first beep we've yay, had to use. We went, we've been dying to use the beeps, and we haven't had a chance to. Everybody's always so good. I have opened, and I, I don't have the exact number, but in twenty-four years, I think we've opened, quote unquote, opened seventeen different restaurants. Now that might be opening a restaurant and reconcepting it, but at the end of the day, you really are opening a new restaurant. Mm-hmm. With that being said, in San Antonio, so my third restaurant was uh, Ben 55 in Dallas, Texas. Complete crash and burn. Just went out of business. Had no chance of survival with the housing bubble. Bad timing, bad deal. Taught us more about business than we ever could have imagined. Don't ever want to go through that again. As far as San Antonio is concerned, restaurants that have, quote, that I've opened, that have, quote, unquote, gone out of business, um, I would say, um, let me see, Ben 555, my lease was up. Uh, we wanted to stay, but we were just kind of burnt out on the concept. So we turned that into Umai Me. So you changed mm-hmm. it, yeah. yeah. We had one year left on our lease with Umai Me. We knew it was um, um, a risk. We were pushing the envelope. We thought it was awesome. I still think it's the best food I've ever cooked and the best concept I've ever done. But it just didn't work out. Um, I re-signed the lease there and, and converted that to Trey in Oteca and had that for five more years. Lease was up, walked away. Uh, Shuck Shack signed a five-year lease, spent five years there. Mm-hmm. Alamo Barbecue signed a five-year lease, spent all five years there. Yeah. Restaurant Insignia downtown at the Fairmont Hotel signed a five-year lease. At the end of the lease, we walked away. So sure, have we walked away? Yeah, but not we haven't busted a lease. We haven't gone out of business. Mm-hmm. We've made sound business decisions that after five years, we said, we're not making enough money here to make sense to do it for five more years, or we're not in the right partnership, or we're not happy with this location, 
or the construction's not getting any better, so why are we going to struggle for five more years? And so for us, we have made conscious decisions to say, you know, yeah, that's it's time. You know, mm-hmm. like Trey, sure. Trey yeah. moved because it was a, a better deal, a better location. Right. And and so for me, yeah, we've opened a lot of different things. I can see that to somebody that has no idea or story of being like, oh, yeah, it just looks like he closes these restaurants or they're going out of business. They're not going out of business. They all they all finished out their leases. They just yeah. weren't the right business opportunities for us moving forward. Um, and I think that that's something that restaurateurs, especially young chefs and entrepreneurs, need to know. And yeah. they need to hear that. Well, it's interesting that you say that because there are some amazing restaurant owners, chefs, and, you know, who are extremely popular, who do really follow the same pattern. I mean, they have talked to us about that, you know, they'll really take a a restaurant and grow it to amazing heights and then make, decide that, okay, it's time, it's time to move on to the next concept. And they'll, you know, but we hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you believe in that there's a, a, a life cycle of a restaurant? I, I do in a sense think that there's a life cycle, but I, I, it would also be hypocritical because the barbecue world, you get better, more consistent, and busier the longer you're in business and barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at Trey Trattoria right now, which is just had its best year ever in our 14th year in a space that's, a, you know, a hundred seats smaller than where we were the first 10 years that we were open. Wow. Um, so there's certainly life cycles, but I think where those life cycles come in are more about your passion and your inspiration, right? I mean, you're not going to have the same passion as a chef in year one as you do in year 10. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. Right. You've been cooking the food over and over and over again. You get to a point where you're like, so that life cycle is almost an individual uh, in, in your approach to your own company mm-hmm. than it is maybe the general public or, or what it might be. Yeah, and I think it's a good point because, there, like you said, there are so many times or – not so many times, all of the time, where um, the outside community has no idea what's really going on. Right. And so, you know, they'll come on and make comments and things like that. But you're pretty good about voicing your your opinions and your thoughts and, you know, really being open about, hey, this is what's happening. So, you, yeah. You have to be able to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's the deep, dark part of the, the web, right, or the Internet of comments in particular is like, I don't want to argue with people, but I also don't want people to disparage us that other people are going to read when they don't have the full story. Mm-hmm. And so what I try to do is at least be subtly educational in my responses to say, well, you actually don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about or um, and, get, and I, here's why. Yeah. And, but but honestly, it's it's a no win. It's always I it say, just, people get feisty about it. It's a downward spiral <laughs> because they don't they don't. They don't have to say it to your face. I mean, it's just that simple. They don't have they they would never say that to you sitting across from a table. Um, but that's that's the world we live in, and you gotta be able to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey guys, we just wanted to give you a heads up that San Antonio restaurants is always doing stuff to improve, to get better, to be more uh valuable for you to have on your phone, right? Susie? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So we actually, you know, we love our group so much. Um, it is growing like crazy. I think we're at 186,000 last time I looked, but it's growing every day. Oh, every day, every day. And just to give you an idea, I mean, we receive two to 300 new people that join a day over um, hundreds of posts a day, thousands of comments a day, 2.5 million views on our group a month. 
It's nuts. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah. So we really wanted to create an organized space. Kind of a complimentary space to compliment San Antonio Restaurant Group yeah. on Facebook, but it's a website. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that people could really find what they needed. I mean, we get a lot of questions on Facebook. People will reach out and say, you know, hey, who's hosting a Valentine's Day special? Or who's open for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, who? a lot of people looking for jobs. You know, hey, I'm looking for a job in the restaurant industry. In the restaurant industry, yeah. yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, when when um, somebody posts on the group, you know, if by chance it's not getting a ton of traction, it'll it'll fall down to the to the wayside. And so people may not see the information. And so, yeah, so we decided to launch a brand new hub to learn about local restaurants in a really fun way. So if you're visiting the site, you can actually get chef recipes. You can learn about all kinds of fun um, cocktails. We have a, a, a professional sommelier who will be um, a contributor on the site, mm-hmm. um, Ceci. Barretos. Barretos, mm-hmm. yes. And she's amazing. Oh, she's Un- oh. so cool. She is so, um, j- just has so much knowledge. It's yeah. so much fun. I'm so excited she's working with us. So she'll have we'll be writing all kinds of articles. We'll have um, articles on restaurant owners and restaurateurs. And if you want to find out what is happening in the local yeah, restaurant special scene. events, restaurant-related yes, events. Yes, exactly. Be there too. Exactly. So this this website is not released to the public yet. We're still working on it, but mm-hmm. we're working hard on it. Yes, we are. So for you restaurant owners out there, if you want to be part of this, please contact either me, Alan Williams, or Susie Lafredo. Susie yep. Lafredo. Mm-hmm. Message us. We will come out and talk to you and show you what we're doing because this is really impressive. Sure. And for you, the members out there, this is going to be something you're going to be very excited about. Oh, my about. gosh. It's, we are so excited about it. And you can either get in touch with, if you're a restaurant owner, and, and like Alan said, if you'd like to be involved, um, you can either reach out on Facebook Messenger or we're also on Instagram. So um, just look at for San Antonio Restaurants on Instagram. You can message us there. Or um, you can email us, and my email address is slafredo at sa-restaurants.com. Mm-hmm. And mine is a williams at sa-restaurants.com. So send us a message. We will be glad to get in touch with you. Yep. All right, thanks. Well, speaking of, uh, of speaking your mind and, and not holding back, what was the situation a few years back with the actor Mario Lopez? There was something I remember reading about it in the paper. What happened with that? Yeah, the famous Mario Lopez story. I still get people sending me pictures of him pretty regularly. <laughs> um, he, he was in San Antonio visiting for, for something, probably filming a, a show. I can't remember. But um, I think one of his handlers or somebody within his group had called the restaurant um, and had asked if... Um, if we would trade an Instagram post for a free meal and we informed them that we would love to have them. Um, we would be happy to send them a couple extra dishes or appetizers, but that we really didn't feel like it was appropriate to comp an entire meal for six or eight guests. We just didn't feel like the reach was there for us as far as uh, what, it, what our return on investment per se. Yeah. Um, and they hung up on our team just in a way that I felt was incredibly disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel like our team deserved deserve that because we were trying to be accommodating. Um, and I may or may not have had a glass of wine and put um, <laughs> something on my social media that said something to the effect, if, if, if I get a thousand likes, I'll tell you who it was. And I woke up the next morning and was um, shocked <laughs> and, and, uh, and thought that I would post the picture and it would just go away. And it somehow turned into a somewhat of a viral story that ended up uh, on TMZ ended up on 
I was getting everywhere. I was getting calls from radio stations in in Canada. It oh was kind of gosh. an interesting dynamic. <laughs> that is but you so know what funny. we uh, we we all moved on. I ended up filming a show with him uh, a couple years later. So it wasn't like there was any hard feelings. It's just you know the un- the internet can be very unpredictable. At yes, times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's one of those things. So so with all of your restaurants, of course, you have different. You have Mediterranean barbecue, Italian uh, steakhouse. So are those all influence cuisine influences that you? How, how did you choose? You know, every restaurant I feel like we opened was due to. It kind of goes back to what Alan was saying. Is like you know you can just open one concept over and over again, right? And I probably would have been smarter to do that over the years, but that just wasn't our passion. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lodge Restaurant of Castle Hills we opened because we wanted to do taste, fine dining tasting menus, which didn't exist at the time in San Antonio. Bin 555, there wasn't a small plates tapas style wine bar. Mm-hmm. So it was, and that's where we liked mm-hmm. to eat when that's we cool. were, that's what we would eat if we were traveling or go to San Francisco. And, and then Trey Trattoria was the third restaurant. Uh, was open because there wasn't a, an Italian restaurant that had a full-blown kind of fresh pasta program mm-hmm. and or and linguine and clams. Like, Trey, I really opened up specifically for linguine and clams. Um, Two Bros Barbecue Market, we felt like there wasn't really a, a traditional Luling Lockhart-style um, uh, barbecue place in town. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from the barbecue restaurants that were here. Yeah. We just felt the service style and environment didn't exist mm-hmm. here. Um. And so it's always been based off of what do we think we like to eat? What do we like to cook? Um, and can is there a niche for it that yeah. we can do it? Fulfilling a need. You know, Umaymi was modern uh, Asian with, with Thai and Chinese influence and kind of just these unbelievable flavors. Jardine was about the hummus program and uh, just bringing kind of flavors of the entire Mediterranean basin on a chef level. You mm-hmm. still have amazing restaurants whether that's Jerusalem Grill or Pasha uh, or Zatar or these restaurants that have flavors from those dynamics, but their business models are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And so from us, from the quote-unquote chef-driven view, we thought that that would be a thing. Uh, range from a steakhouse being downtown, um, we just wanted to put kind of what we felt was a spin on. And, and, and range has evolved. I mean, co- definitely COVID affected range and the way that we approach it. You know, we kind of consider it now to be an Italian-influenced steakhouse, but it's not necessarily steak heavy. I mean, it's still pasta and pizzas and mm-hmm. uh, and such. And because we are in a hotel and our client base changes month to month, season to season downtown, whether it's um, spring break or whether it's the summer and it's more families versus, say, you know, January and February when it's a lot of um, convention based situations. So, you know, we've just always after we closed our restaurant in Dallas in 2008, and we should have closed it months before we did. And that cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars because you want to just keep you want to keep it on life support. You keep pumping money into it. You're never getting that money back. And that's the advice I give to chefs and entrepreneurs in this town is like, when you know it's dead, it's dead. If you keep pumping money into it, that's your money you're never getting back. Um, and so for us, that happening to us taught us that we we adapt very quickly. I don't second guess. I don't. I go with my gut, mm-hmm. and it's done. And if you look at, say, Alamo Barbecue on Grayson, it opened as a Spanish tapas restaurant because mm-hmm. we loved we loved Spanish tapas. We loved gin and tonics. And we wanted a traditional Barcelona-style tapas restaurant. And it was awesome. And the location was what we thought was perfect down by the Pearl. There just wasn't a lot of demand for it or right. enough demand 
to make it viable. And we were like, listen, we know how to do barbecue. There's And the granary had just closed. And we said, there's no barbecue down here. There, there's, a, there's a niche right now. We had extra pits. So we drove our big pit down there, put it in place. And in a week, it went from being Spanish tapas to barbecue without wow. blinking an eye. Like nobody even knew. Um, and so for us, we've just always been able to pivot very quickly, adapt very quickly, and don't look back. Don't second guess yourself. It's your life. It's your money. It's your livelihood. Um, you got to be very swift in those decisions in this industry. And I think you're going to start to see more and more and more in that as this industry and its landscape is changing very rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have to be confident as well. And, you know, cause it's, it's sometimes it's difficult to step yeah. off that ledge and, you know, to, and do that. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, your new place we haven't talked about too much yet. Roca y Martillo. Yeah. Ro- Roca and Martillo. Okay. Yeah. So this is at the rock at La Cantera, part of the Spurs organization, right? Yeah. Well, in a sense, yes, it's in partnership with the Spurs and, and a company called Legends. Uh, which is running uh, kind of the entire property per se, um, at the the Victory Performance Center. So within the Victory Performance Center is the Spurs Club, which is a private club that's going to be run by Chef Steve McHugh. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, in the main um, um, courtyard, if you will, or plaza, is an eleven thousand square foot, three hundred seat restaurant uh, that will open in April. Um, heavily. Uh, influenced by Northern Italian, very similar to what we do to Trey. You're going to see a lot of our signature dishes uh, from Trey kind of make it the transition over there um, as well. So we couldn't be more excited, honored, and um, privileged to be a part of, A, such an amazing organization and an amazing location. Um, it's very, very special what they've built out there and um, the ability um, to have the big screen and the plaza and the, and the activities. And um, it's definitely going to be, uh, I would argue, the most important restaurant that we've opened in 24 years. I mean, wow. it's a very big deal. Um, you and keep so, saying the plaza. Is it outdoors? Uh, so you have the Victory Performance Center, which is the practice facility, the corporate offices, um, and then the, the private club. And then you have a huge plaza that will seat easily 500 people wow. in lawn chair type of situation, standing room only in the thousands. Uh, we've got uh, some um, little gazebos, if you will, out there that are act as uh, satellite bars or satellite food trucks. Um, and then you have the big screen, which is when you see it for the first time, you're like, holy cow, this is amazing. And then ours is a freestanding restaurant. Oh, wow. Um, two stories, rooftop uh, patio upstairs overlooking the big screen. Oh, wow. Um, you know, for us, the thing that oh, we're cool. most excited mm-hmm. about is the ability to do different types of creative activations throughout the year. You know, in the summertime when Six Flags does their fireworks show mm-hmm. every night, we kind of have an idea of doing like firework happy hour up on the rooftop because you're right there overlooking the whole I thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to throw the biggest Kentucky Derby party in San Antonio uh, with the big screen going on and just the hats and juleps and uh, pimento cheese. And, 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 and so we have this unique ability to get super creative on, wow. on how it's going to work. Wow, that's how exciting. exciting. Yeah. So when does that, when does that happen? Uh, we're, as of today, we're scheduled to open April 1st. Wow. Um, with construction, anything can happen. But as of right now, we're, we're kind of on pace for the, the beginning part of April. So exciting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah. this is really good. Uh, we're, well, we're, 
Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say really quickly, I just have to say that, um, so I guess we went to, what was it, Range, I think it was last year for Restaurant Week. And um, that was one of the things that really blew me away is the mindfulness that was put into the menu. Every dish, every cocktail, every pairing. Um, I think your steak tartare was the best steak tartare I have <laughs> ever that's put actually in gonna my be mouth. On, that's going to be on the menu at Roca, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was so good. Um, anyway, but so, yeah, so if, if you're listening and you haven't been to one of Jason's restaurants or Chef's restaurants, go uh, because every dish is is mindful and creative and um, just a, a treat to have. So. Well, not only that, Susie, if you're a member of the San Antonio Restaurant Gold Club, all four of his current restaurants are part of the Gold Club, and he has amazing perks. Uh, I I really like this. You know, one of the things, Jason obviously has has strong feelings about his food, and so he doesn't discount his food. So if you're a member of the Gold Club and you have these perks, you're just going to get the club just going to get the food free. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I didn't write every detail down, but at, at Harding, you can get the free hummus. And your hummus is, you said, that's what the, the whole restaurant is based right. on, your focus on. Your free olive oil cake. That's that's awesome. I've had that before. At Trey, you can get a free margarita pizza or the Anapasti sampler. And that's not even on the menu, right? Yep. The sampler's not on the right. menu. You made that specifically for the San Antonio Restaurant Gold Club. I mean, guys, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. like... At Range, uh, it's uh, free Arancini Italian rice fritters or a free Mississippi mud pie. And those are just two. There's there's more perks mm-hmm. at each of these. And, and at Two Brothers, free banana pudding, which you're famous for your banana pudding there, right? <laughs> Mascarpone. That's what. There's the secret. Uh, oh, is that the secret yeah, for that? that? Wow, that's that's how it makes it so creamy <laughs> and so so good. And also a free half pound of pulled pork. Yeah. And, well, and that's what's so cool, and that really is what sets the Gold Club apart. Is it is a VIP program. Yeah. You know, if you're a part of our Gold Club, then you are a VIP. Yeah. You're not and coming using coupons. Yes. You're, you're a VIP, and yeah, you get so to you get have to, that experience. Exactly. So, That's really it. Cool. If you want to be a Gold Club member, you go to Senate, uh, go to either the Apple Store or the Google Store and type in San Antonio Restaurants. You get the app, and then from the app, you can join the Gold Club, only $8.88 a month. Yeah. What a deal. Yeah. Yep. Well, Chef Jason Dady, thank you so much for being here today. My yes. pleasure. This has and been it, so good. And I'll leave with a couple of tips that I learned. One, overcook your, your uh, barbecue <laughs> for it to be juicy, right? <laughs> and then mascarpone <laughs> and banana pudding. We, I, I'm going to listen again and see if I can get my crab yeah. or any others. And, and Is there any what, that you want to leave us with? <laughs> de- determine whether it's worth the squeeze for the juice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Cooking is the easy part, right? Oh, there, there you go. go. That's There's right. Yes, yes. Awesome. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much. Susie, we will be back again next week with another great interview. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, this is, you know, I have more and more fun as we do these. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I feel sometimes how lucky are we that we get to sit down and meet amazing people hey, and learn. Yes, and, very uh, blessed. Yep, yeah. absolutely. All right, well, Chef Jason Diddy, thank you very much for being thank here. Thank you. Yes, thank All right, you so guys, much. y'all be back. We thank you so much for listening, and come back and listen again next week. Yep. All right, bye, guys. Bye, everyone.